Okay, well, welcome to Adventures of White. It's the podcast for the Isle of Wight, serving up a fresh Isle of Wight legend with each episode. Now, serving up is a great way to introduce my very first guest on episode one of my shiny new podcast. To many, he's simply a man of fine dining and sharp wit. To me, he's a dear friend, winner of the Isle of Wight's Best Beard Award, I think for 10 consecutive years. He's smiling. We're, We're doing this on Zoom. He's smiling away. And he has an encyclopedic knowledge of spiders and hedge laying. My first guest is one half of the Isle of Wight Superfood Reviewers, Matthew Chatford. Hello, Matt. Welcome to Adventures of White. Well, hi, Ben. I'm very, very honoured to be the initial test run for your your wonderful podcast. This is very exciting indeed. Well, my commiserations, because being podcast number one, we'll probably end up cutting this to about five minutes. And we put something sort of semi-decent out there, hopefully. It's probably for the best. Yeah, well, come on, that's going to be rubbish. I mean, we've known each other for quite a long time, Matt. We've we've got involved in all sorts of schemes, scams, and a few uh, yes. events we've organised. But Matt, I'm going to start with the icebreaker, which I'm going to ask every person that comes on to Adventures of White. And the first question is, where do you live on the Isle of Wight? And the second one is, why do you live on the Isle of Wight? Good questions. And I think, I hope everyone will have a good answer for you. I live in Ryde, out on the east side of the town, and it's a lovely spot. Originally lived in Sandown, that's where I grew up, but I've ended up in Ryde and I've kind of switched my allegiances now. I'm well, hold on, hold on. I seem to think of you as a, a Ryde super fan. I mean, you, you even have some special number plates for ride on your car. So <laughs> it's true. You, you're, you're, you're super into it. So that's, yeah, that's, that's awesome. I've really, I've really come to love Ride. I think it's a great place to live. I live sort of just on the edge of town, which is fantastic because it means I, you know, I can walk into town and enjoy all the nightlife. In fact, I'm going there tonight for cocktails and a dinner. I can just walk there. I can walk to the hovercraft. I can walk to the ferry, and and I can also walk to the countryside and the beach just in in a few minutes. So you got ep- ep- episode one of Adventures of White is brought to you by Ride Town Council. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure Ride Town Council can take credit for all of those things, but he did ask me where. And to some extent, that's why, because it's a great place to live. The island as a whole has always been a special place for me. I haven't always lived here. Uh, I worked on the mainland. I worked in Cambridgeshire. I worked in Essex. I worked in Hampshire. But as soon as I got the chance to come back here and work, I did. And here I am. So I've been here for over 20 years this time around, and I guess I'll probably stay here now. I've got no plan to move away. So, Matt, you, you mentioned your, tonight you were walking to ride. You're going to get some food and cocktails. Very jealous. I'm on a diet. So that sounds, that sounds like I really should come and join you for that. But obviously, we want to talk about food. You've been running, surely it's the number one Isle of Wight food reviewers website of all time. It is by far the best because it's the only one. It's the only one. So you are, <laughs> you are number one of one. But it's a huge resource, your website, full of all sorts of reviews, taken over years for restaurants which have come and gone. I mean, it must have been a really exciting thing to do. That's my first question. How on earth did you get into reviewing restaurants on the Isle of Wight? <laughs> what, what was the start of that? Well, I probably ought to give some context here. So you know, I am, I, I'm Matthew, but I'm also Matt out of Matt and Cat. And so mattandcat.co.uk is the website which has been going since 2005, I think, wow. for a very long time. And people say to us, well, haven't you done them all yet? And the answer to that is no. It's, it's like painting the fourth bridge. You can never do them all. They open and change far quicker than we can possibly re- review them all. But we've done, it's over a thousand reviews. Wow. Uh, so there's a lot on that in that archive. And as you rightly say, you know, some of them are, 
yeah, dating back a long way. So they're more of a more of a historical record now than they are of use to someone looking for a good place to eat. Go, but, come on then, Matt. I've got to ask, what was the first review? Can you remember? The very first one we ever did, I'm pretty sure it was God's Providence House in Newport. Right. And But it was inspired by, I mean, to answer your question, it was inspired by, we went on holiday to Rye in East Sussex, and we had a two or three days there, something like that. And we scoped out the place, and there's a really nice-looking fish restaurant there. And we thought, on our last day, we'll have dinner at this nice fish restaurant, because it looks fancy, so we'll save that for the last day. Went to the fish restaurant, and it was terrible. It was really bad. And on, yeah, we went home, and we were like, that was really bad. It was, and the service was bad, the food was bad, everything was rubbish about it. It was just a really bad tourist experience. And we were like, well, what can we do about it? And this was, so this is 2005, Ben. So cast your mind back. So there was no Twitter, there was no Facebook. There was no TripAdvisor. None of those things existed. I mean, it's hard to imagine a world where you could run a restaurant without those things, but they didn't. I mean, even Google wasn't that huge. But, but I can guarantee your Nokia 3310 mobile phone from that time is probably in a drawer and completely functional. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've still got it somewhere, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Might have driven over it once or twice, but still going. But yeah, I mean, th- at that time, there was there literally was none of that. And it's, I mean, it's only a few years ago. Well, to me, an old codger like me, it seems like a few years ago, but it's hard to imagine how you could run a business now without putting pictures of your food on Instagram. But yeah, no, none of those things existed. So at that time, I was experimenting with blog software just for my own interest. And a couple of blogs I've been running for a while, but I wanted to try something different. So when we got when we got back to the island, we were like, there's nothing we can do about this fish restaurant. That's gone. But what about people coming to the Isle of Wight? We don't want them to have this experience. We want people to come to the Isle of Wight and have some of the really great food we know is here. Because you know, there are a lot of great places to eat out on the island. And there were then and there still are. So... We started writing a diary of places where we'd been eating, and there's lots of different ones, obviously. It would just literally be a couple of words to start off with. We went to this place, we had fish and chips, it was five ninety nine, not bad, might go again. You know, that kind of, the sort of thing you might scribble in the margins of your appointments diary or something like that. But of course, because this was blog software I was using, it had the facility for comments. And before long, it, that attracted people in because everyone else was in exactly the same position as we had been, that they wanted to say something about food online and there was nowhere to say it. And so we, by happy coincidence, were in the right place at the right time. And loads of people became engaged in this food diary. And we'd write maybe 100 words and a fuzzy photograph taken through the back of a sock or something. And you'd end up with 30 people arguing in the comments about it, which um, was great. And so it, it took off from there. It became something that people really engage with and we started off doing it in a quite a secretive way not wanting to reveal our names and faces although we do these days because frankly there's not no point not doing so but people got really particularly restaurateurs got really excited about well who are these people who yeah, I, bet, I bet i yeah, bet i bet who gives them the right to come and criticize my food or whatever but, yeah. well it's, it's i mean it's remarkable isn't it I mean, again going back to your point if you went back in time not so long ago the whole it was not just about food reviewing but the whole communication but almost sort of customer feedback has really changed and you know it you had nowhere to complain about a fish restaurants that you went to and to warn other people to avoid it where today you know you have a cup of tea which is slightly lukewarm you can be on TripAdvisor within seconds and you can complain about something and, it, and that's actually something I wanted to ask you about as well I mean we met what 2008 I guess it sounds like some you know, we, we, 
I'm pretty sure people would advise not to meet people on the internet back in the day where now you meet everybody on the internet. We met on Twitter, weren't we? And I, I think it was called TWTTR at the time rather than Twitter. Um, yeah, you could tweet with text. You could tweet with text. That's right. Um, but for, for your food blog, you know, that you were really were in the right place at the right time. You know, you were, you're, you're, you're great writers. The content's good. It's entertaining. But it's on a it's on a blog on its own, hidden away. So how how do people find this? And then suddenly you've got this massive explosion of amplification through these networks such as Twitter and Facebook and other things. You know, it it must have been very exciting. I mean, it's it's a niche product, a food review website, but suddenly you can tell everybody about it. And especially in a small community like the Isle of Wight, it must have been very exciting in those days. It really was. And food food products and the food offering on the island is really important because it's a huge part of the tourist industry and so you know a lot of people actually depend on it more so than in say rye in east sussex or lots of other places on the island having good having tourists come to your food cafe in good numbers in say july and august that's the difference between success and failure so it's quite a big deal and there are lots of people in that industry who've really made a made an effort over the years people are investing some serious money in it um, as well so it's there's a lot to talk about and lots of new things do happen more so I would say it's more concentrated on the island I feel there's a lot more going on in a small space uh, well actually that's one of the things I wanted to ask you about as well I mean this may sound I'm, I'm probably going to get into trouble here but I've often felt that the Isle of Wight's been slightly left behind when it comes to food and catering I think you mentioned that fish restaurant you went to and then you think of places like Cornwall right Cornwall are really well known for apart from pasties really good seafood they're right on the beach things which are coming out of the sea you have places like Leicester obviously for its cheese towns like Bray chefs like Heston Blumenthal have made that very famous does the Isle of Wight have a food identity is there something which people will come here for you tell me I, I don't know enough about it well, there kind of isn't because the Isle of Wight is not one place. It's a collection of places. So but is that, is, is that not remarkable when you consider we're an island and we're surrounded by the sea? You would have thought maybe this would be the best place in the country to come and eat crab and lobster. or Well, pe- people do think that and they often come here expecting to get good seafood. But actually, we don't have much of a fishing industry on the Isle of Wight. We never have really or not, not, not other than for indigenous consumption. There's a good reason for that. It's not because people can't and don't fish, because there are, there are fishermen who work on the Isle of Wight. But if you land your catch, if you land it on the Isle of Wight, basically you've then got to pay to take it to the mainland. So if you're in a boat, why would you do that? You would go to the mainland and land your catch there. And that's been the case for generations. So the majority of fish that's caught by Isle of Wight fishermen and shellfish is landed on the mainland and not here. So although there is, there certainly is some and it's worth seeking out, but actually most of it doesn't actually come ashore on the island and it never has. So we don't have that local direct from the boat fishing tradition that they do have in the West Country or in North Yorkshire and places like that where you've got a lot of that going on from the North Sea. It, It just doesn't happen here. More traditional for us is arable crops and stuff like that so things that people will grow in the ground which has been very successful I mean the most the most famous one is the garlic that's certainly made a name for itself although not all the garlic that's sold on the garlic farm brand is actually grown on the Isle of Wight but uh, quite a lot of it is and they've just done never so well at marketing the fact that garlic grows on the Isle of Wight which it does Isle of Wight tomatoes is another one 
that's so successful that most people who are eating them probably don't know they're eating them. There is the tomato stall brand where you can get the Olwat tomatoes in the cute little boxes and my God, they're good. But actually a lot of the just generic tomatoes you buy in the supermarket, they're Olwat tomatoes as well. It's just that they're not branded up that way. Actually, you, you and I have a mutual friend who lives in Dubai. I saw mention on Facebook that they were shopping and came across an olive white tomato stand in a supermarket in Dubai. So absolutely. I didn't know actually how big and successful that was until recently. And I live near those greenhouses. And when they're all lit up, they sort of glow pink. It's amazing, actually. It is. To see. But yeah, they're, they're everywhere. I was eating in a restaurant in London recently, and the people I was eating with were absolutely raving about the fact that it was... They did, these people didn't know I was from the Isle of Wight, I should add. Raving about the fact that it was Isle of Wight garlic on in their meal. So yeah, that's that's cool, right? So maybe that's it. Is, is that our food identity? It's tomatoes and garlic? That's probably what we've done best at. Maybe that's a tribute to those companies, those individuals who've been promoting those particular brands, but they've really taken our strength and run with it. I probably want to shout out for Isle of Wight cheese as well, because there was no Isle of Wight cheese when I started doing this food review stuff with Kat way back. Now, there was no Isle of Wight cheese at all. But now there's at least two brands, I think maybe three, of Isle of Wight cheese. And I, I'm a massive fan of the Isle of Wight cheese company, which is... Um, they're, they're the guys that they make the blue. The, that's the right, yeah, Isle of Wight blue. That's, that is, that's pornography. I mean, that should that should come <laughs> yeah. with a 18 certificate stamp because if that's in your house and you haven't consumed it within five minutes, there's, there's something wrong with you. you something know? seriously wrong, yeah. It's, it it's insane, isn't it? It's so good. It is so good. That is that is a world-class cheese. And I'm not just saying that because it's from the Isle of Wight. It really is so much better than the other ones. And and it's got lots of awards as well. So it's not just me saying that. But one of, my, uh, one of the most successful videos I ever put on my own YouTube channel is of me unboxing an Isle of Wight blue cheese, point of view, looking down at the cheese and me going, mmm. Oh, we need, can you remember the old days where you could have scratch and sniff TV, where you had a card? <laughs> and, I think the Sun newspaper issued them. You need to watch your video whilst it's, you know, 4D TV. <laughs> That's just, yeah, that'd be cruel though, because then you couldn't eat the cheese. <laughs> yeah, happy days. So yeah, there, there is some good produce, definitely. But I mean, we've also got some very good eating out venues and places that are really capitalising on the beautiful landscape and particularly seascape we've got. Well, actually, that, I mean, I'd imagine when somebody discovers that they're talking to the Matthew Chatfield, yeah, the number one food reviewer in the Isle of Wight. I'd imagine you, you, there's two, but well, there's probably three questions people ask you. I, I, we've not rehearsed this, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess. I'm going to guess the first question is, where should I eat? Where's the best place to eat? Yep. I, I'd imagine the second question is, where shouldn't I eat? Where, yep. <laughs> where should I avoid? And I think the third one is, with the thousands of reviews on your website, um, do you pay for this thing yourself? Just my guess. I reckon they're the three questions you get asked the most. You are bang on, sir. You're absolutely bang on. That's right. And to address the last one first, yes, we pay for every meal we review. That's something that me and Kat have always found held very strictly to. And we got the receipts to prove it because people always question that regularly. And particularly if they don't like the review, they'll say, oh, yeah, they're just in it for a free meal, blah, blah, blah. Well, no, we're not. We pay and we tip if it's appropriate, because if you don't pay, then you can't criticise Sometimes we'll get given free food. Thank you very much. If we go to the opening of a restaurant and there's food being handed out, yes, we'll definitely do that. But then we write about it as an event, not as a review, and we label it as such. So if you read a review by Matt and Cat in 
the, either what County Press or on our website, and it says it's a review and there's a star rating and we make comments on it, then we will have paid for that food. And we're quite strict about that. Is we're not after freebies. Because, you know, we never did this to make money and we've been successful in that and that we never have made any money out of it. That's the, cur- that's the curse of the small blogger, right? Make money doing anything like this. The number of people you need, that need to listen to this podcast for any sort of advertising to make any sense would be enormous. And I'd imagine it's exactly the same for you. Yeah, exactly. Now, if you go into it to make money, then you're on a losing streak really already. If you do something that you love doing and that's the purpose of doing it, then, yeah, if money comes along, so much the better. No, it didn't for us, nor was it intended to. Oh, and I'm sure we could have pursued more commercial avenues with it if we'd wanted to. We have certainly had offers to, but we never really wanted to because it was just working out fine as it is. And, and if you start taking money for reviews, then it's a different game. You know, I'm not saying that's wrong, but it's not the game we wanted to be in. Now, don't don't answer the question about the, the best place and the worst place. Certainly don't answer, answer the one about the worst place because episode one of Adventures of Whites does not want to be sued by anybody. Um, <laughs> best best place to read. I'm going to I'm going to come back to in a moment, but I'm I'm conscious, especially in these days of austerity. You know, the cost of living is is going up, inflation at some ridiculous amount at the moment. In, this is an expensive endeavor, right? You know, going out to eat, going to these lovely places, or just going to any places, frankly, at the moment, is an expensive thing. So, Matt, what? This isn't the day job. We've identified that. Well, yeah, I do have a job. They do pay me. I've got to buy this food with something. I work for a company called Matrix Create, which is a web development agency based in Newport here on the island. And I make websites for people. Uh, Or I manage the team that makes websites. I'm not much of a developer myself, although I've got some idea. Yeah, that's what I do. It's a fairly new role for me. I've only been doing it for a few months, but I'm having a great time. I'm really enjoying it. Excellent. Excellent. And actually, I alluded in in your introduction that actually it's not just about websites and reviewing food. Tell me about spiders. How come you are? You have this encyclopedic knowledge of spiders. We're we're chatting on Zoom, so I can see you, and I can see there is a some sort of crustacean over your left shoulder. Good bit of ID, yes. That yeah, is. yeah. What Matt? What's the what's the background? What's the story? The story to the stuffed crustacean is it's a plush uh, giant um, marine isopod that I ordered from Japan one night after I'd had way too many glasses of wine. And uh, oh, I, don't you I, hate it when that happens? You've had too much wine. Next thing you've got stuffed crustaceans coming from japan it happens exactly. to me yeah it's, way it's, too many times it's a constant problem and, and i love time. him so I, won't, I i regret nothing although it was a very ex- expensive indulgence but yeah i am i am really interested in the little creatures the invertebrates spiders are my particular interest and they always have been since i was a child i'm not entirely sure where that came from originally but i think um I'm a pretty short-sighted guy. My eyesight is terrible. I wear big, thick glasses and I always have done, even since I was little. But before I had my glasses, I spent a lot of time on my hands and knees looking at stuff. And the things I could see were very close to my face. So I wouldn't be looking at big stuff. I'd be looking at little things. And obviously, I was a bit smaller in those days as well. So I think I had an interest in small stuff because that's all I could see when I was very tiny. Um, But I don't know. It's just, just something that's always appealed to me. So... I'm really interested in British spiders, finding out what they're up to and where they go and trying to tick them off on my list, which I'm never going to get to the end of that list. But I've seen some great spiders. I really have. And so I'm guessing Ireland there's... is a great place for them. It's a really good place to come. Yeah. Oh, that really is. That, is that the case? I didn't know that. So the Isle of Wight is, I know it's, we have all sorts of interesting things which you wouldn't necessarily see just walking around the British Isles, but it, spiders are good here? 
Yeah, it's pretty good because it's it's warm and the spiders like like it warm. There are other places you can go and also see great spider fauna, but the island is a good place. There aren't many, in fact, I'm not sure if there are any spiders that are unique to the Isle of Wight, but there was one way back, although it's since been found elsewhere. When my best friend who lived in Sandown along with me when we were younger, on his 18th birthday, he had a car and I didn't. And on his 18th birthday... He said to me, oh, we're going out tonight. Do you want to come? I'm driving, which looking back on it was a terrible idea because it meant he couldn't drink. Um, And uh, I said, yeah, let's do that. But uh, I really want to go and check out this uh, this place where I've heard there's a spider to be seen. And he's like, yeah, okay, we'll do that. Little did he know that this place is right down the undercliff. And uh, it was also raining. And you had to go and see this spider in the dark because it only came out in the dark. And so, bless him, on his 18th birthday, instead of going to the pub with his mates, he drove me down onto the undercliff where we foraged around in the wet undergrowth, fruitlessly looking for this spider that only lived in this particular area and only came out at night. And did you find it? Did you find it? we did not find it. We did not find it. I found it since. I think it's it's a myth. I think think maybe his mother paid you off to to (laughs) stop him from going to the pub. Probably We're doing something silly, which we've all done on our eighty. Yeah, well, well, probably, but uh, yeah, he does. He does remind me of that even to this day. So, Matt, I, I'm guessing there's no chance that you're going to combine your two big passions of food and insects and appear on an Isle of Wight version of "I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here," <laughs> uh, where you could be served up some of your your friends, you know, as, as, for breakfast. That's, I guess that's just not going to happen. Well, I never say never, Ben. I mean, you know. I, I know you're a man who likes a project, so... Uh, well, I think I think um, Bear Grylls lives in the Isle right? Or has some family connection to the Isle Maybe Yeah, yeah, he it. lives in Benbridge, or he did Benbridge. live in Benbridge. Right, there we go. So maybe we get Bear Grylls, Matt Chatfield, um, uh, Derek Sandy has to be there because, you know, and, and probably Rob Bank. If we could get you guys together, um, yeah. well, I'm I'm a celebrity, get me off the island, sponsored <laughs> by um, White Liquid Red Funnel, obviously. Um, you're never going to escape because... It's probably after 10 o'clock, so the ferries aren't running. Um, <laughs> and you have to eat, you, you can eat anything you like, apart from a spider, which happens to come out at nighttime on Ventnor Undercliff on your 18th birthday. Yeah, yeah. Sound good. Good. I'm pitching this. this is- Where do I sign, Ben? Where do I sign? <laughs> You've already good. signed up, you just don't know it yet. Okay, look, I want to ask one more question of going back to food, because, well, no, not about food, just about the Isle of Wight in general, but I'm going to interweave food into this as well. And uh, it's a question I want to ask every guest that comes onto this podcast. Now, let's pretend you, you're organizing an imaginary day out on the island. You've got a thousand pound budget. In fact, no, make the budget unlimited. You can do whatever you want to do on the Isle of Wight. Um, in your case, obviously, it's going to involve eating out somewhere. But what does that day look like? Who are you, what are you doing? Where are you going? Who are you seeing? What's, what are the secret things that only Matt knows about on the Isle of Wight who would find really interesting to do? That's a great question, and uh, I, I really wish I could do that in real life because there's oh, there's so many options to do. So let's assume that it's the height of summer and everything's open and it's a lovely day. You've got uh, the sunlight stretching out, so I'll choose that as if okay. I get to wave wave Ben's magic wand um, and make it summer. So I would start off my day probably by going down to my local cafe, the Happy Chef in Moncton Street in Ryde and have a good full English breakfast with a nice cup of tea, sit out on the roadside and watch the world go by, say hello to a few friends, 
And maybe there'd be someone who would say, hey, I'm going to go out for lunch later. Do you want to come with me? I'd take the train because I Ooh, love yes. taking the little train. Uh, the Island Line train is an absolute treat. Maybe I'd take that to Shanklin uh, and go down to the beach there, which is a lovely beach. And uh, there's some really good places to eat and drink in Shanklin. Maybe we could find something there. But I think probably I'd get the bus onto Ventnor um, because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm using public transport here because I love driving around the Yeah, island. Matt, I was going to remind you, the budget is unlimited. I mean, if you wanted to uh, fly... But you... I, want to, I want to be able to have a pint of beer and uh, maybe a glass yeah, you, of wine. No, you know, you're not flying, Matt. You, you, somebody will fly you. Okay. Oh, okay. my goodness. Right. I'm going to go... Okay. You're on the bus. Let's stick to the bus. Well, it, I mean, it's, it's kind of part of the fun, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I would enjoy that, especially if I had a few friends with me, you know. Uh, it, it is part of the fun. So, yeah, I'd go to Ventnor uh, because there is some great places to eat in Ventnor. They really are. And I'd probably have lunch in uh, probably Cantina. It's a venerable restaurant. It's been going for years, but I love it there. And uh, it's kind of Mediterranean-ish food, but it's, it's always something fresh and interesting on the menu. They're lovely people. It's a nice little spot you can sit down, have a chat in the cosy little environment and there's always something interesting to eat and some really great cocktails so as i'm on the bus i'll have a cocktail for lunch Excellent. because why not uh, what's, what's the cocktail of choice oh blimey well i'd probably being from the isle of Wight, i'd have to have an espresso martini wouldn't i because oh, that was invented by someone from Bembridge. oh really i didn't know that no yeah, sorry I'm, I'm i'm saying of course you would like i know that yeah yeah it wasn't actually invented on the island but the guy who invented it was from the isle of Wight. So wow, wow! Hey, go. that reminds me. One of the things that I was doing a bit of research for interviewing you, and one of the questions I asked was around you know, the Isle of Wight's food identity. That's a. I'm going to add that to my trivia. I didn't know that, but I'll see if I can out trivia you that the Battenberg cake or the window cake, as it's known by anybody under the age of five, um, was actually invented to honour the marriage of Princess Victoria to Prince Louis of Battenberg in 1884 who lived at Osborne House. Now, wow. it's crazy, I isn't know. it? Well, I, mean, Batten- I did not know that. Is Battenberg cake a big thing outside of the UK? I've no idea. I've, I don't think I've ever seen it in my travels. But um, I think if a town was associated with anywhere else, was associated with something as amazing as that, there'd be Battenberg cake shops everywhere. Come and on, everything would be painted in Battenberg cake colours and you'd have... Yeah, little coats that dogs could wear to make them look like Battenberg cakes and all sorts of products would be made, yeah. Well, on those, on those two bits of trivia, Matt, that's, I, think we sh- I think we should draw the podcast to a close. It's been an absolute delight talking to you. I do have, a, I have one final question, which, again, I want to ask everybody. You very kindly agreed to be victim number one whilst Ben learns how to podcast. We both know lots of people. You know way more people than I do. So the question I'm going to ask everybody that comes on to this is, who should I interview next and how do I get hold of them? Oh, so you want to mind my address book. And I do want me, to. There's You're... me thinking you just wanted my insights on where to eat out. But uh, it's, that's, that's a really tricky one, Ben. There are so many great people on the island. This is an absolute hotbed, this island, of exciting and interesting people with a story to tell which is why I'm really looking forward to hearing the rest of this podcast series. I genuinely am because I know you're going to get some real exciting people with something that everyone wants to hear to say. I mean, we should be looking at something maybe with a bit of a contemporary news interest, something that's going on. Oh, well, yeah, it's funny because I thought maybe you would go down the food, in the food direction. But I guess guess actually you're right. Maybe what's happening on the island, something interesting 
come on, my wheels are spinning. What have you, what have you yeah, got? Yeah, okay. Well, there's the new investment in media and film on the island, isn't that? Oh, Which yes, is, isn't that amazing? That's the news of the time. And I know someone who works in that industry who is going to be very, very good to talk to. Actually, yes, this is, this is who you should talk to. Okay. Okay, well, so, don't give don't give any names. You, you've no. got you've got somebody for me. So, so the rules are: you have to introduce, and you have to get them to listen to this podcast to make sure that they're aware of what it is they're signing up for. But that sounds excellent. Yeah, that's so exciting that news. But I'm going to draw this to a close, Matt. Once again, thank you so much for appearing on the episode one of Adventures of White. It's been an absolute delight. Final plug for you: where can people find your food reviews? Mattandcat.co.uk is the website and also in the county press every fortnight so you don't even have to use the internet you can actually pick up a physical paper and read them physical paper can you remember that right thank you very much matt have a great day my pleasure